Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Welcome back, everybody, to Sex Talk. Here we are. How are you doing today, Tracy? I'm all right. Bit of a chest infection on the go. Always a good thing. Do you think I can catch it through the computer and the mic? I don't think you can. I'll try hard not to cough so no one else gets it while listening. Anything big on the weekend? Any some great marriage sexual moves that you did? No. Shameful. Shame. No. No. I don't even think we had sex. We didn't even have sex. How about that? That's normal for a long-term couple, I think. Actually, that's very normal for most couples for weeks and months, but not what anymore. About you? Oh, I just had sex all weekend. Different people. Mm-hmm. What models, strippers? Models, strippers. I just did around the world. Just a really busy Thursday through Sunday. <laughs> no, I went Good to su- I went to basketball games. Our kids had a dance at school. All very. Oh, they look gorgeous on social media. Well, Kelsey's kids are just gorgeous, and your house is just gorgeous. It's like it's, look up pretty gorgeous like. Look how fence. Well, it literally has a white picket fence. It, it does, but the, the but it, it's broken, which I always joked about after oh. Nate died. I was like, I should have known because the fence never opened correctly, which was the, the oh. downfall of our life. But no, I think that picture makes it look really quaint and cute. If you drove by it in real life, I don't think you'd be as enamored by it, but we must have caught the right angle. So I appreciate that. Oh, it looked gorgeous. It looks well, gorgeous. So I think we're like younger people are starting to listen. We're starting to get some different types of questions. And I like yes. it. Yes. 16-year-old girl wrote in, which I was so chuffed at. I was like, wow. And in fact, maybe next week I was thinking we could do something about, you know, what I wish somebody had told me when I was 16. I was just thinking about that this morning. And my girlfriends and I from high school were talking about something related to sex. And I realized, you know, as a, as a young woman, we didn't, we didn't know anything. Like we didn't watch porn. We didn't, we would maybe see a Playboy every now and then, but, but the young guys were watching porn. They were watching movies and they had so much more awareness of what to do and what felt good. And I think maybe that's why the men always took over when we were younger, because women 20 years ago, didn't really talk about this with their mothers, or at least I know you did, but we didn't. Mm. And I'm realizing the more, you know, the much more fun it is to do things because you feel confident. So I do oh, hope sure. that this next generation doesn't just learn it from watching porn, but learns it from talking to people, to adults, to mothers, to aunts that are open about what sex is for a woman and how to make it pleasurable for her, as opposed mm. to us just thinking that we have to do it to keep the guy. I hope so too. But I think also 
even though it's much better to talk to somebody close to you, most people will still have that reserve and embarrassment about sex and do things like listen to this podcast. But the fact is there is so much information out there yeah. that wasn't there and so much non-judgmental information that's so easy to access for everybody. It's free. So really, this new generation, you have no excuse but to be really educated about sex and just, you know, do us all proud. Yeah, and it it's just such a change of a mindset for my my group of friends that sex is not it's it's not bad, it's not wrong, it's not something that you do just to get pregnant. It really is one of the best parts of life. I just don't know that we were ever told that. So mm. anyway, well, you are uh, now. It's we the are best now. Pleasure of life. <laughs> Amen. I'm going for it. Okay, <laughs> let's start with some of the questions from the listeners. First one. Okay, here we go. I'm a woman in my early 30s, and I don't get wet during masturbation or sex, but I do have orgasms easily. It's always been that way, and I've tried everything. My doc says I'm medically fine. I've never talked to my boyfriend about it because I'm ashamed. I secretly use lube before every time we have sex. I'm afraid if I tell him that he'll take it personally or he won't think that I'm normal. It's been over a year, and I'm still sneaking lube, and I'm tired of the secret but don't know what to do. Should I tell him? I know he'll be okay with it, but I hope he's fine with me still using it because without it, I don't want to be touched. I'm worried about all of it and I don't feel feminine. Help. Now, this, this woman has written in twice, actually. She wrote in before the last series and season and we didn't get a chance to answer. And I really, really wanted to talk about this because talking about what you grew up thinking, this is something that has survived and it's keeping on going. And it's such a big myth. The perception is that all women get wet when they are aroused and excited by sex and all aroused and excited and ready for sex. It is completely false. Yet everybody believes it. And, you know, but the reality is so many things affect vaginal lubrication that I'm surprised it even happens at all, quite frankly. <laughs> things like cold and flu medication, prescription medication, Drinking, dehydration, the menstrual cycle, where you're at in that, whether you're stressed, whether you're tired, whether you're anxious, how much foreplay you've had, how great the guy or the girl's technique is, all of these things affect whether or not you lubricate, right? Now, this girl has had every single thing checked, right? And she says that she doesn't lubricate when she masturbates solo, she has no problems with orgasm, and so she's obviously anxious about it, so that's playing a part. But if it, she's not lubricating when it's just her, there's only one other reason for this, and which is genetics. She would probably find that it's just a genetic thing that's been passed down. Her mum, her grandmother probably had dry vaginas, right? <laughs> they didn't talk about it like, hi, honey, you're probably going to inherit my bad chest and my dry <laughs> vagina. If only we did talk about things like that. So it's just happened. It is. There is no, no, no sort of problem with this. She's prone to a dry vagina and great news, she fixes it with a bit of lube. Problem solved. There is no problem. The only problem that there is, is that she's fallen into this societal thing that all women lubricate when they're excited and there is something wrong with you, something you should be ashamed of if you don't. It's not true. In any group of women, if you had four women of any age and you said to them, have you ever felt like you had to sneak a bit of lube in? Have you ever wanted needed to use lube? Three out of four will say yes. Don't you think? I mean, I totally agree. I guess I never thought that that was something to be embarrassed about. I always exactly. thought the only time I'm embarrassed about lube is like if you see someone in Costco. Do you guys have Costco over there? It's like a big store yeah, 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 that yeah. you can only buy big things. And they, you see someone like a neighbor and you have like bread and milk and then you have like a big thing of <laughs> lube and you're like, my goodness. But I don't know anybody that 
is married or or was in a long-term relationship that didn't that didn't use that at some time like you said if you have your period if yeah. you long-term are long-term relationship right long-term relationship you yeah. need lube and and yeah. also we would never think of doing something to a guy without being lubricated and we don't ask them to lubricate themselves again we're supposed to figure out where our body's supposed to make the lube where we're very clear with mm. the guy we help them with the lube yes. i wonder though i think what she's asking though is how does she bring it up to him like does she tell him or is she, I mean, I would say like, just be she, like, buddy, I use lube. I I think um, the other thing I want to say before we get onto that is, is that I think men don't help here because I get, and this, this infuriates me so much. I want to climb into the computer and get out the other end and punch the guy straight between the eyes. She's in a mood. When I, She's when, in a I mood. Get, when I get letters that say, my husband found out or my partner found out and he thinks it's cheating. I should be enough to arouse, you know, he, he thinks that I'm cheating what? if I have that and he's not doing my job or, or you know, I, he's clearly a bad lover. It's a, it's a, it look, makes him look bad. It makes him feel emasculated. And this is the same myth that, that says all men get erections when they're aroused. Well, erections are affected by all the things, you know, same sort of thing, stress, anxiety, too much to drink. And women, this is where women are nicer, I think. Women don't go, well, actually, sometimes women can be pretty bad about yeah. um, men not getting erections, so maybe I can say that. But it's the same type of thing, that our bodies aren't just performing the way they do in porn. So, yes, she should definitely comp- confess to her boyfriend. And it's not a big deal. So, But if she thinks it is, which she's made into a big deal, get him to listen to the podcast. Right? I think he will come up, if he's a nice guy, he sounds like a nice guy, give you a big hug and just say, why on earth didn't you tell me? She's concerned that he's going to say, well, you're not allowed to use lube now. I will excite you. But just say, by the way, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm very happy that I, I'm very happy using lube. So it's not like I want to stop using lube. It makes me feel more feminine and I enjoy using lube. So I just wanted to let you know so I don't have to run off into the bathroom and secretly do it. And I think he'll be absolutely fine with that. And why doesn't she just say, hey, buddy, why don't you start using lube on me? Let him just be the luber. <laughs> True. Yeah, good I idea. I mean, why don't we just add this to the thing? Like, why don't you, here's a, here's a big jar of something and let's get started. I think he would love that. Probably. Good idea. And if he does react badly. Cut I him think, out of your yeah. life. Just yeah, kidding. exactly. Is that and too with far? The ne- no. And with the next guy, don't say, oh my God, I've got something to tell you. Just say, hey, I've got this thing. I've got a bit of a dry vagina. I use lube. Just the, just so you know. So or, yeah, you yeah, or just say like, dude, I'm, I'm using lube. I don't even, you don't have to say anything. We don't have to apologize for anything our vagina's doing. No, but see what happens is long term you sort of get to this place. But in the beginning, if you're not so confident sure. of yourself, it's when do you bring out the lube? Because it's a bit like what we were talking about before. When do you... It's in those beginning bits where all the, right. the you know, the lying goes on because we're both so desperate to, you know, paint this great light, you know, make, look ourselves, make ourselves look fabulous and That's sexy true. and God, I'm so hot and all this sort of stuff. So you don't really get out the lube then. You don't really talk about stuff. So I think you need to introduce it quite early. When you're older, these things come easier. Yeah, because everyone's got so many issues. They're like, listen, yeah. listen, let me tell you what my, what's con- what's happened to my vagina. And they're like, and let me tell you what's happened to my back. And all yeah. of a sudden everyone's yeah. like, we're going we're gonna to have to avoid that position. And you're going to have to understand that. Yeah. I think just being honest, it does get better when you're older yeah, because you're not afraid to talk about it because you've talked about so many hard things. That loop yeah. seems to be the least of the problems. Yeah. So, so please, em. please, be reassured. This is not something you need to be worried about. It is a very, very, very common problem. Yep. 
Uh, hopefully you feel reassured. Write and tell us that you feel reassured because I'm worried about you. Yeah. I'm worried about you too, but I'm not now mm-hmm. because you realize this is the least of your concerns. Yes. This, is, this is the best problem you've ever had because it's fixable. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, yeah. here we go. Number two. We've been married for 12 years, and both of us are bored stupid with our sex life. (laughs) My wife is keen for us to act out our sexual fantasies to shake things up a bit, but I'm worried this might backfire. She's enthusiastic after a few drinks and wants to try everything, but the next day, stone cold sober, she gets cold feet. Is there a way to get our kicks without her waking up regretful or it causing real problems between us? Did I write that? Did I send that in? Did I send that in 10 years ago? Oh, my God. Seriously, it could have been written by so many people and well done for thinking, right, we're both really bored and and having a bit of a... Stupid. She's bored, bored, stupid. Is there anything better to describe 12 years into marriage? Oh, my God. But you know what? I did make me laugh there because I think, God, the things you promise when you're drunk. And mm. I'm terrible. I'll go out with groups of friends and go, yes, I'll go on holiday to Siberia. Won't be, darling. And then you wake up and think, I don't want to go on holidays to Siberia. What the hell? I don't even like those people. I wouldn't even go to the grocery store with them. Yeah, you're like, I was going to go on a world trip. I wonder, but it's interesting because what she's saying is she gets all she gets all excited when she's wasted. And does he get excited that she's excited? And then she wakes up and says, nope. Yeah, I get that impression. Is that what you understood? Yeah, I get that impression. I'd like to know what it was that they're talking about. I, I mean, I'm guessing because she gets cold feet that it's something quite risque. And the fact that they're really open about sex and say to each other, we're bored stupid, suggests that they're probably quite adventurous. So what I thought would be, I mean, the thing can I just say about acting out fantasies, most of the time they are left, they're better left in your head because... Sex fantasies and real-life sex are on different planes. And in our heads, it's a perfect world. Our imagination is this perfect world. Reality is an imperfect world. So most people who act them out are hugely disappointed. So think twice before you do it would be my first piece of advice. I remember, too, like when we were married, Nate would be like, he'd say things like, have you been naughty? And I'd be like, no. And he'd be like, have you been naughty? And I'd be like, nope, haven't been. Does he mean... Like, have I been bad? No, like, have I been bad? Have I been like, and I remember thinking, and we used to laugh so hard because I understood he was trying to get us to play a role of me being like this naughty wife that was just so sexual. And I was like, nope. Like, I I was like, keep that in your head because I can't ever be what you are hoping Mm -hmm. I will be that you're seeing in your mind. Like, I'm not naughty. I'm actually exhausted, overwhelmed. 
but naughty is nowhere on the list tonight. In his, or, in his, in his fantasy, it was like, you'd go, yes, I am. No, yeah, I'm so bad. Suddenly, you'd take your apron Thank off. me. Yeah. yeah exactly. No, I was like, that's no, how can I be naughty when I'm unloading the dishwasher? It's not mm, happening. Very sexy response, Kelsey. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so what I thought I would do is is rate this type of fantasies that people want to act out and just talk about how risky they are, right? So I'm going to go from the safest fantasies to act out to the most risky. Now, the most, the least risky are romantic fantasies. Things like, I want to have sex on a beach, all that sort of stuff. I've never had one of these in my entire life, but have you ever had a romantic fantasy? I don't even know what you're doing. No, I don't think. Sex on the beach? Sex on the beach sounds like torture to me with the sand, but... Exactly. Sex on the beach does sound like torture, but it's sort of like, I mean, some women apparently have them. I've yet to meet one who does, so let's move on, but they are safe. Novelty fantasies, things that you fantasize about trying to do together that you haven't done. Assuming they aren't as extreme, you know, things like have sex on a plane or maybe trianal or things like that or a new position or something like that, you know most of these are really good for you. So the the risk rating is more if you don't do things like this. So they're pretty much okay. Now, the other thing, tie-up games, power games, mild BDSM, these are actually really, really, I mean, these are one of, one of the few fantasies that actually come through and translate. Tying up is the most successful pan- fantasy. I can't speak today. Tying up is the most successful fantasy you can take through to reality. People love it. I have a question about that. Mm. And maybe other people do. I've never done this, but I'm, I mean, I'm open because I got the bondage kit, but I have a, what if you get stuck? Like, I don't, what if they tie you up and how do you get out? Like, my fear is that they leave you. Like, I don't want to get, I don't want to be tied to the bed and then be like, I'm done or what this, whatever the safe word is. And then like, no one unvelcros me. That's, I would have a panic attack. This is why if you buy bondage kits that can easily undo, that you can undo yourself. You can just pull And it. you never, ever, ever play a tie-up game with somebody you don't know very well no, and that kidding. you don't trust. And you never, no, but people do. And you never, ever, you, like you would use, if you've never done it before, you use things like, you know, very easy to untie things. Like a towel. Yeah. Like it's like, like a know. fake, you're re- really not tied yeah, up. You yeah, just are stimulating the effect of being tied up. Yeah. And my bondage kit that I sent you is all Velcro. You could, I'm sure you could basically peel it yeah, off. Yeah, you yourself. can pull it's it off. It's there to give a sense of it. So you, you, and you make it very clear to your partner, if you tie me up and then leave me, we will never do anything <laughs> adventurous ever again. That's and I'll enough. kill you. I'll kill you. And I'll kill you as well. Right. Yeah. Because that would be, okay, good. I, I did want to ask that because that would make me so nervous, but I guess that's part of it. It's like you're trusting them that they're going to untie you. Yeah, but you do it in a very mild beginner's way to begin with. And then when you trust them, I think, yeah, like I said, if you make it clear to someone it's not going to be funny because some people think it's funny because it's not funny because people I don't want really it to be panic. funny. No. Yeah. No, so I anyway, scared. most people negotiate this because it's the most successful one. The other one that's really successful is spanking. Spanking is really successful. Most people enjoy that. And power games work really well. If you can get into the whole, you know, one's, one person's dominant, the other person's subservient. And if, especially if like you say you're the, the boss of the relationship and you're the boss at work and suddenly you get to be completely submissive, that can be a turn on. And the opposite, you know, if suddenly you're, you're always in, you know, if, you, if you've never been in control, suddenly being the boss is great. So they tend to work very well. Even like, you know, inflicting pain, you know, if you biting of the neck, tweaking of a nipple, like mild whipping goes down very well. Now, if you like it and you go up to the extreme end, well, that's, you know, a lifestyle and that can become more difficult to manage. But the theme with all the low risk ones, they don't involve other people. 
So when we get to high risk ones, they do. So moving up, things like going to a sex club or a party. She's shaking her head. No, no. thank you. Not there. No. It can, listen, it can work for lots of couples. couples sure. who, I wish them the best. Yeah. Couples who are very confident, quite enjoy, a bit exhibitionistic, quite enjoy looking at people. If they go along to these clubs, there's one called the Torture Garden in London, which is like a fetish club. And you know, I know a heap of people who just get up and go as a group and you dress up in latex and you go and watch people. And it's a bit of a show-offy place and people get off on it and really like it there's a thing called killing kittens have you heard of that that's a terrible name but go on I know well the name is because apparently when you masturbate god kills a kitten she and so they, god's name I what? know exactly I know <laughs> anyway but anyway it's got quite a funny name and it started out as this very exclusive club and you had to look a certain way and you you have to keep a mask on and all this sort of stuff anyway so there's things like that and they were very in vogue for couples to go to And so there are, especially if you live in a big city, there is a sex club. Now, it can work quite well if you're quite confident and you go and you don't participate. You just go, stay for about an hour, have a glass of wine, have a bit of a laugh, come back, talk about it. And then it fuels your fantasies for months, right? If you say that if you do that and you're that type of couple, it can be quite low risk. But if you're jealous, if you're insecure, if you have body image issues, you have anything like that, don't go. And if you go and participate shoots up to high risk, obviously, for all the reasons of things like, say someone hits on you and not your partner, you know, say you look at your partners with someone else. I mean, it's just high, high risk the minute you participate. So if I, I would suggest go, come home. If you want like more of it, go back the next day. Threesomes, group sex, obviously the most common fantasy for both men and women and the biggest fallout though it can be low risk if you're single you're with a group of attractive friends i.e at college or something and you're not involved with any of them it can be a really good experience if you're a couple that enjoys high-risk sex and it's a bit of a treat that you do now and then can be fine the spectacular fallout is with the long-term in love couple who just get the biggest shock of their lives i mean if you've ever seen somebody that you love makes have suddenly start interacting sexually with someone else it's a shock oh it's a shock on so many levels because if it's a if it's you your husband and another man and suddenly he's interacting with the man women are like well I didn't count on that that wasn't supposed to happen there's so much that can go wrong so if you do want to do that again as I say baby steps like do things like watch porn on threesomes and group sex role play it maybe have a lap dance maybe interact with a webcam girl or something like that and Always, no matter what you do with the fantasy, you have a stop now signal, a word, a safe word that's not going to come up in conversation. So, for instance, the word hard is probably not a good word. Orange is probably a better safe word. And no matter what great time you're having, say you do have the threesome and you're having the best time of your life, if you look over at your partner and you can see that they're just dying, just remember the relationship is worth more than the experience. Yeah, stop. That was a lot. That was Ooh. a lot. We had the spectrum. We have the spectrum of all the things. I'd love to know. I want them to write in and tell us what was it, which fantasy was it that they were going to I know. I wonder, what she was, I wonder what she was all excited about after three gin and tonics, but then woke I up and was like. <laughs> threesome with a woman or a sex club. Of course. Something like yeah. that. Something where you're real cheeky at night. You're bombed. Great. Okay. <laughs> Last question. We are running out of time here. Okay. I've been with my partner for 20 years and we're really happy or at least I thought we were. (laughs) About two months ago, we were both talking about things we wish we'd done in our lives and things we regret. And out of the blue, my partner confessed he'd had a brief affair with one of my friends 10 years ago. 
It was very strange, almost like he was boasting about it, that I should be impressed that my friend hit on him. It's thrown me completely, and I'm questioning everything. I'm not friends with this woman anymore, but how do I live with this? Oh, no, we don't have enough time to answer. This is this is a doozy. It is, isn't it? This See, is a initial, tough one. Now, I would say if you are a person who's had an affair in the past, your partner has not found out, and there is no chance of them finding out, keep your mouth uh-huh. shut. My mom used to always say that. She said the only, way, the only reason you're telling is because you want to relie- relieve yeah. your guilt, and that's selfish. Now you've been selfish twice. Exactly. If you're consumed with guilt, good. That's your punishment. Right. You should, you should live punishment. with it for the rest Cop of your life. Chin. Yeah, exactly. But what I want to know is, I mean, I have heard this happens quite often. And I wonder whether, I've seen it happen with passive-aggressive couples where one, one of them started to feel a bit ignored and underappreciated. And they, they sort of don't know how to address it. So it's like, hey, I was really attractive once. You know, like, don't you know I was cool enough to attract this person? And I wonder if she said they were talking about regrets and things that they've never done. I wonder if she said something that made him feel insecure or maybe he's been guilty for years and saw this as an opportunity and it just came out wrong. So she can leave or stay. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. You've got two choices. Yeah. You can stay with them and forgive them and never bring it up again or you can no, leave. That's I it. think like, she should bring it up again. I think she needs to ask questions. No, I mean, like, she has to live with the oh, fact. Oh, I'm sorry. Like she yeah. Can, yeah, she can find out more information, but at a certain point, she can't, she's going to have to accept that it happens and put it behind her, or you have to go. Yeah. And the things I'd be talking about is I'd, I'd want to know why he told me. I'd ask questions about the affair, but don't get all the details. It never works. But the questions to ask about the affair is why and what was he not getting from the relationship. I'd also want to know, how is he behaving now? Like he should be more mortified than you are. He should be in more pain than you are at the pain he's caused with this. Couples counseling, a good idea. And the other thing is, you know, you can't change what's happened, but you can change your reaction. So this was a brief affair. You've been with him 20 years. You know, your whole world hasn't been a lie, just that brief period has. So for the other 19 years and nine months, if he was a fantastic partner, is it worth chucking it all away for what was a mistake, a brief mistake? I'm sure you've made mistakes as well. Now, some people can go, yeah, I can see that, and they work with it and move forward. Other people are like, nope, I cannot, yep. and I will not. So, I mean, what is a good old Esther Perel, who's always the person to She's the best. look at? Yeah. She is, especially with infidelity. She always says, when infidelity happens, that relationship is over, but a new relationship with a less than perfect partner can begin. So can she see it like that? Yeah. And I would strongly recommend this person or anyone struggling with infidelity listens to Esther Perel's podcast, reads her books. She is, she is the absolute, you know, or world expert on it with a very unusual perspective that people don't like, but it really does help. That's brilliant. They're great. But see, that's why she's a sex therapist. I don't know what I would do. I don't know. I would try. And I would say that 20 years ago, I would say, oh, I'm leaving. And now I've seen enough life and I know how much you value history and people that you've done life with and to throw it all away. And we don't even know what his affair was. Was it emotional? Did he French kiss her? Did they have sex? Did they just text each other? I don't know. I just think I've seen a lot of people recover from affairs and have wonderful marriages. And I've seen a lot of people walk away. I don't think there's a right answer, but we are out of time. Yeah, it's it's what, you know, I'm with you though. At the age of that I'm at, I would try. If you'd asked me that when I was 40, 20, you know, any, I would say no way, over. 
So it's a lot of it is right. to do I also was married security. to a man that was very sexual and he was very not just towards me, but he loved women. So mm-hmm. I was always aware of his awareness of women. And I, I knew that from the start and I, 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 it didn't bother me. I actually loved it because he, he was that way towards me too. So I think mm-hmm. sometimes sexual men are sexual, not that they're having affairs, but they are, they love women. So I don't know, you just have to know who you're married to and what, what you signed up for. Yeah, what you're willing to live true. with, but all right, we got to go. Well, we got to go. go. That I went so fast. I got to go tie myself up and practice getting out. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have one of my girlfriends tie me up, and then I'm going to make sure, like almost like a magician, I'm going to make sure I can get out of the bondage kit. <laughs> and as long as I can get out, then I'll go do it. Watch Cheers. some Houdini tapes. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot to do. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Send in your questions. What is it again that we send it Sex to? Sex Talk Pod. Sex talk pod. Everything she says sounds better than me because oh, it of does the accent. Not. Yes, it's it does. It's the opposite. American okay. versus British. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.